Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! I'm Kelly. Fashida. And Jamie. And welcome back to Nairals the Morning After. I'm being forced to host again. Yes. <laughs> but the nice thing about that is it's an all-lady podcast. Woohoo! Yay! Which, honestly, it should be more of and mm-hmm. more often. Probably. Yeah. So, but, you know. so an exciting thing about this week is we get to talk about good things that happen and victories and I know. Yay. I, think, I think the entire list is fabulous good things. So, yeah. yay. Except for, like, the things at the end where we may not have time to get to. Yeah. So... But. Yeah. So starting off, let's talk about the most exciting thing that happened this week. So yeah, ProMedica agreed to extend a transfer agreement to Capital Care Network in Toledo, which is something we've been working on for years. Yeah, nearly yes. five of them, as a matter of fact. And that is a very long time to be working on something like that. <laughs> so Monday, we had a rally. Mm-hmm. And then a few hours after our rally, they agreed to sign it. Yeah. You want to tell us more about what went on <laughs> and how we got here, Jamie? So yeah, so I mean... If you've listened before, you've heard us talk about the last clinic in Toledo being possibly forced to close unless ProMedica signed a transfer agreement or the court bailed them out. And we learned last week that no, the court was not going to bail them out and that the court was going to rule against them. So it really became, you know, time critical that ProMedica signed the transfer agreement. And and frankly, from the beginning of this five-year process, it's been... I think we're going to get to that point. You know, either the court is going to save them or it's going to become this crisis and maybe something might happen. So really what we, um, so really we had been calling ProMedica and doing petition deliveries and all kinds of stuff for the last five years. And we did this one kind of final push protest outside of ProMedica's flagship hospital, Toledo Hospital. And on the drive back, we got a call and learned that they had signed the transfer agreement. Which was awesome. Yes. Because it was so cold in Toledo. Yeah, it was so cold in Toledo. <laughs> At least the sun was out, but it well, was... Well, I'm, I'm sure a lot of women are thankful, like, just for all the hard work, and I'm so glad that we don't have to talk about what could have happened mm-hmm. had they not signed it. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't do this alone. We've had a lot of support along the way, which included, like, Representative Fetter and Gloria Steinem and Sherrod Brown, all of these, like, wonderful politicians and mm-hmm. public figures. Um, Sherrod yeah. Brown released a statement... Yes. What did it say? (laughs) See, if Gabe was here, he'd have it pulled up on his computer. But, uh, you know, as amateurs, we totally forgot to do that. Um, Um, We'll definitely put it in the show notes. But it was really just a strong statement that the women of Toledo need access to health care and that he was there with us, even though he was not physically able to be there with us, and that he hoped that Paramedica would do the right thing and, and the transfer agreement would get signed. So it was awesome to hear from our sitting... Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown, of course, Rob Portman, did not say anything at all and would not have said anything that we would have liked on the subject, I'm sure. But um, so it was just really nice to hear such strong support um, from from him. It was awesome. He's always been a delight. He is. <laughs> just unabashedly a man, for, a man for choice, which is mm-hmm. not as common as it should be. 
No, it was really interesting too on like when they were doing the 20 week ban a couple of weeks ago in Congress. And of course they've already started slamming him for voting against that bill, but which is all it was like destined to do anyway. Yeah. It was like not to pass, but just to like provide a, like a target for democratic senators. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. But it's funny how, you know, so often politicians who are on our side get all like weak kneed and spineless and like, oh, well, you know, the John Kerry voted for it before I voted against it or however it went. Hmm, I wonder who that sounds like. Somebody <laughs> running for governor? What? No, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> but um, so, but you know, when that, when they started coming after Sherrod Brown, he stood a hundred percent behind his vote and said that he believes that women are the best people to make these decisions for themselves and that the government should have no place in it. And he would vote no time and time and time and time again. So it's really great to have somebody who is not only with you for a vote, but stands behind and really, really talks about his values because that's, that's what we need out there. I love Sherrod Brown. And if he's not reelected, I'm moving out of Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) So if you care about me, Ohio, you will reelect Sherrod Brown. (laughs) Come on, Ohio. Don't don't make Kelly leave. And I say that as somebody from South Carolina. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, we can't lose Kelly, but we also can't lose Squish. I mean, that would, I mean, it's a double whammy. Yeah, I know. So, um, and then we also had a, a, a statement from Gloria Steinem, who was actually from Toledo. Yes. Which I didn't know until I actually saw her at Planned Parenthood's <laughs> event last year. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I, didn't, I had no idea where she was from. <laughs> She's just like this ethereal person who just happens to be American, but just generally American, not specifically Toledo. Yeah. So she stood behind her hometown clinic, which is, mm-hmm. which is good. I would hope so. Yeah. You would, you would th- but so. Yeah. Yeah, she came out in support of it and was awesome and, you know, read her statement at the the press conference too. Actually, Teresa Fetter read it. But um, she's really been back in Ohio quite a bit on these issues recently because she does care so much about it and really has been involved in a lot of the political stuff. So, yay. Yeah, we've been thankful for all the support that we've been getting surrounding this whole issue and everybody who's been speaking out of it, I mean, speaking out for it, Mm -hmm. um, be it like, you know, elected officials, volunteers, those of us who work on the forefront of Mm -hmm. it, um, everyone who's been amazing. So, yeah, thank you to everybody. We finally did it. Yes. (laughs) I mean, the advocates in Toledo have been working so hard on this for so very, very long. And it's so hard to, you know. Very, very pregnant. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> very, very pregnant Kristen, who leads the escort, the amazing escort program at the clinic up there. Sky and the rest of the staff who work at the clinic, who, you know, you know, even after a Supreme Court ruling saying that they're going to have to close, scrambled to make sure they could get every patient in before the possibility of them closing and working under those conditions where, you know, you don't know if you're going to have a job in the next couple of weeks or what's going to happen. And they've kind of lived under that since the they filed the suit in 2013 because every step of the way you've got a court who could rule for or against you and so it's kind of been this waiting for the shoe to drop thing for the last five years so to know that at least for now because transfer agreements have to be renewed every two years but at least for now yeah at least for now we can take a you know take a breath and (laughs) how did i not know that part of the bill why Mm -hmm. actually it was one year when they first proposed it and then the other ambulatory surgical facilities were like um no you can't do that to us so they agreed to two years for some stupid reason oh my god used to just be they can exist forever but wouldn't that be nice Mm -hmm. trap laws affecting everybody yep yeah 
It's kind of sad, though, that they only speak out when it affects them. When, you know, they said that only the public, the public hospitals couldn't do it with abortion clinics, but could do it with everybody else. Nobody, of course, spoke out. Yeah. But, yeah. So we said we don't only talk about happy things. So back to happy things. I mean, <laughs> I was gonna only talk about happy things, but then I realized that this kind of relates to what's going on in Dayton too. Mm, yeah. So so Dayton has a similar uh, court case going on with transfer agreements, but their court case is in federal court related yes. to transfer agreements, mm-hmm. um, and it has not had yet like had a ruling or anything. No, they're actually. I don't even think they've had oral arguments in that case. I think they were kind of waiting to see what the Ohio Supreme Court case did with Toledo. But, okay. but so after the ruling came out on Toledo and the transfer agreement, um, Representative Antani, who is House Rep in the Dayton area, <laughs> has uh, come out and said that the federal court needs to rule against the transfer agreement decision mm-hmm. um, and closed the clinic in Kettering, Ohio, which is, is outside Dayton, yes. and has encouraged anti-choice groups to protest outside of the Kettering Clinic. Mm-hmm. So thanks That's for surprise. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Long-time listeners will remember our rep on Tani is the same guy who asks me every time I testify against like the Down syndrome bill and mm-hmm. things like that if it's okay if women have abortion just because the baby is gay. Mm-hmm. There are a few representatives that I dislike more than this <laughs> this representative, and and, and a, a large part of it yeah, could be he because he takes the cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a large part of it could be that he is younger than I am, and he's a house rep. But I want to point out that he ran for OSU student body president, and he lost. <laughs> I just want to I just want to point that out. Like anytime I can talk crap about this man, that means to. something. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, I would be interested too in also seeing what happened in Indiana today. Yeah. 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 So yeah, another thing going on is uh the ACLU announced that they are suing the state on woohoo, woo-hoo over the Down syndrome ban. So HB two fourteen mm-hmm. um yes. is is gonna be challenged in court. This is a bill that's already been de- uh, declared unconstitutional by the courts in Indiana, but the state has appealed and that appeal was filed today. Heard today. They Heard actually today. had oral arguments okay. today. So yeah, you're gonna talk more about this because I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not the policy person, Jamie. I'm just the host. These legal issues, huh? Yes. And actually, I was joking with the policy guy from the ACLU in the back of the room during the press conference, and we often joke around that um, both of us almost have honorary law degrees at this point because we work in this world so much. But yeah, so um, the Indiana bill is a little bit different because it was kind of an omnibus kind of bill on. It was too. It was it was a bill that had been like that we have two of them so it was the Down syndrome yeah. bill and the mm-hmm. fetal tissue bill but mm-hmm. theirs was as one bill yeah as one bill but they also included Down syndrome along with other fetal anomalies mm-hmm. and like gender race gender and, and race selection as well because oh, the anti's that. think that black women have abortions just because they're going to give birth to a black baby what exactly. Yeah. Or it could be like a boy or a girl. You don't want either. Yeah, and then and then they target um, Asian women because they think that all Asian women are having abortions because they're having a girl and they want a boy. Yeah. A lot of gen- no, stereotyping, racial stereotyping and ridiculousness going on with that whole thing. <sighs> yeah. So um, so the Indiana bill was a little bit more all-encompassing, but um, so the lower courts held it unconstitutional. It's been blocked from going into effect in Indiana. Um, they had, so that was the first ruling, and then, That's of course, so the state... so many things appealed. for one bill. Yes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they ruled on it, said it was unconstitutional. They're hearing the, the oral arguments in the next stage of it today, so we'll see what happens out of Indiana. Those rulings usually don't come out too quickly, 
So it'll probably be a couple of months before we see anything. But we'll, we'll probably see something a little bit more quickly out of Ohio with this lawsuit. So it's the ACLU representing preterm clinic in Cleveland, the Planned Parenthood Southwest Ohio, so the Dayton Cincinnati affiliate of Planned Parenthood, and the Women's Med Center of Dayton, the Kettering Clinic that we were just talking about, are the kind of plaintiffs in the case. Um, represented by the ACLU and the fabulous Gearhart Stein and Branch law firm out of Cincinnati. Um, Jennifer Branch is the attorney that's been working the Toledo case and a bunch of those other, um, the High federal case. And cases. Yeah, they've been, I mean, that firm itself has been kind of the, let's protect all abortion access all the time firm. They were also the firm that um, argued Ogelfeld. Mm-hmm. Oh, fancy. <laughs> yes, yes, so they're the reason why... <laughs> I don't think that's how that's pronounced. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I Ober, always... Obergefell, I think it is. Yeah. Obergefell. Yeah. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. The gay marriage case. Um, <laughs> way easier to say. Um, so, yeah, so they're... Who is Hodges? Because it's always versus Hodges. Um, he's, he was, um, when the other cases were filed, the director of health. Okay. So the... The group Obergefell case <laughs> was filed against Hodges because... <laughs> um it was trying to get a death certificate and the Department of Health is who signs death certificates. So that was why that case was versus Hodges. And then the... Wait, Obergefell was versus was over a death certificate? Yes. Oh my God, that's his so depressing. Late, yeah. His late husband. Oh no. Yeah, they flew... His husband had... Uh, I think Lou Gehrig's or one of those like terminal yeah. long-term illnesses. Mm-hmm. And so they flew him on a medical flight, one of those like med flight, not helicopter, but planes, to Connecticut or someplace else on the East Coast that had marriage equality already and got married in another state before he passed away because they wanted the property to transfer and those kinds of things more easily. And then they flew home. But because the marriage license wasn't valid in the state of Ohio, he couldn't get the death certificate listing him as the spouse, which was required for, therefore, all of the property transfers and things like that that happen between spouses after a spouse dies. So that whole case was over the fact that he couldn't be listed as a spouse on the death certificate because Ohio didn't have marriage equality. Oh man, that's, that's so much sadder than I thought it was. Yeah, it was actually the, I think the woman that argued the New York case or the California case, I think the California case, sorry, was also over death. I mean, that's, I mean, that's going to be the way you're going to run into the most legal issues, so that makes sense, but it's so sad. Yeah, it is so sad. Yeah, oh. it, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was why that one was Hodges, and then, of course, we're just always suing the Department of Health because they're yeah. the ones who regulate abortion clinics. <laughs> so that was why the old case, the Planned Parenthood Southwest Ohio and Kettering Clinic case on the transfer agreements is versus Hodges, and why today's case is versus Lance Himes because he's currently the um, director of the Department of Health. Well, today I learned. Mm-hmm. Cool. Although the preterm case that they lost in um, the Supreme Court at the same time, the Toledo Clinic lost was preterm v. Kasich, which was way fun. <laughs> so how do you manage to sue Kasich versus Hines? It was, I think part part of it was because it was, it was a, a single subject, subject and he was a signer of the budget. There okay. were a couple of different arguments in that case. Gotcha. I think Hodges was also a co-defendant like as mm. well, but the main target on that one. Was I feel like that'd be a weird job just to be like listed as a defendant on lots and lots of bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, so they'll file in that case, they'll file for a temporary restraining order to mm-hmm. block it from going into effect because yes. without it, the bill will go into effect on March mm-hmm. 23rd. So we'll need a temporary restraining order to block it. And mm-hmm. then we'll spend the next God knows however many years in court fighting that battle. And so the overall goal would be hopefully what to get a permanent relief. Yes. 
Yeah, to get a permanent injunction to block it from going into effect. Which is always weird when you start reading Ohio Revised Code. Like one of the weird things when I train people how to read Revised Code on the website is that when you get a permanent injunction, it doesn't delete it out of code necessarily. It just makes it unenforceable. It sounds like it's real hard to read the law. Yeah. (laughs) So especially with a lot of when... I mean, I think at this point, most of the kind of outstanding cases on abortion are generally resolved because we had like we had sued on the 24-hour waiting period and parental consent and a bunch of those things. And I think we've resolved all of those cases at this point. But there was a lot of a lot of time, especially in the law around how abortions are provided, where a lot of there was a little like footnote in the bottom of the page that says this this you know section and this section are unenforceable because of this thing and this section is unenforceable but <laughs> this thing and makes it really difficult to figure out what the actual law was. I feel at some point you just have to throw it all out and start over again. (laughs) You would think. It just becomes unintelligible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a mess. But I don't understand how the law works, and I never will because I'm never going to law school. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, working for the Senate, they gave us a little bit of, like, some courses, or not, like, courses, but they gave us some training on it, Mm -hmm. but then I don't understand some of the abortion part, so I can get some of that from you. Mm -hmm. And then... (laughs) So with some of the training that I've had, like like with George and some of the others who taught mm-hmm. us how to read some of the revised code, yeah. it's still a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why Jamie gets paid more than we do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Big bucks. Well, we don't have to look, we we don't have to know it all. So yeah, <laughs> revised code. Oh. I wonder. I, is that like is that apl- applicable to every state? Now I'm now I'm just curious about like the intricacies of law. No, I can't get into this rabbit hole. <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Kelly. Anyway. So, uh, Tuesday there was a hearing, proponent testimony, no, opponent testimony yes. of SB 28, the mm-hmm. uh, fetal remains bill. Yes. Testimony. No. Tuesday's was the Dead. 145, the DNA ban. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you're the one who provided <laughs> testimony, so you would know. Yes, my, I did. My point was going to be testimony was awesome. Everyone did great. There was no questions from anybody. Yeah, they were totally disengaged. Yeah. Hey, most of them, yes. <laughs> but I, at least the chairman of the committee seemed polite enough. Yes, he's definitely, I mean, he's interesting because he's actually voted against, he's a Republican, of course. Mm-hmm. Rep Manning? Rep Nathan Manning. Nathan. His, Nathan. His mom, Gail, is a state, state senator. Mm-hmm. Oh, neat. Yeah, so they're both there. But, is she um, cool? Cooler. I mean, they're all Republicans, cool so there's a limit go. to the coolness. Yeah. But no, both both um, she and he have voted against a couple of the bills. I don't remember exactly which ones, but mm-hmm. some of the, I mean, definitely the six-week ban. And I think one I of, feel like it'd be really weird to work with your parent and the legislator like, together <laughs> alongside each other. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the Sykes do it. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's not weird. <laughs> True. <laughs> it would be. I could see, yeah, it'd be, it'd be an interesting thing to do a lot of them follow like boyd mm-hmm. yeah. took her mom's seat and stephanie houses and right yeah and christina hagan right the evil hagan as i like to refer to her because there are good hagans <laughs> in the state legislature too true true you have to dis- you differentiate i'm really disappointed that the people who are the youngest people in the legislators are the ones i dislike the most <laughs> they they kind of are the power gets to their heads or something yeah actually that was like something that was gonna be my continued rant about antoni is he's so Friggin' rude because he has something to prove because he's so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but I was like, you just need to chill, dude. I don't know if you were there or not. My favorite. I'm gonna on fight him. Tony. I'm gonna fight him. It's possible. <laughs> but my, 
you'll you'll like this story. So I want to f- move to Dayton so I can run against them. No, yeah. I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I mean, there's some good people in Dayton. I'm very good friends. But I love Columbus. Yes, but no. When Jesse Hill, who actually is uh, the attorney on the preterm the case at case, mm-hmm. and one of the attorneys for the ACLU on the new case today. Um, fabulous lawyer extraordinary. Very, very fabulous. Um, when she testified against one of the bills, maybe it was the 20 week ban. I don't remember which one it was, but she came down and get, provided like point by point legal rebuke of everything. And <laughs> it was a very, very, it was very, very good. But then on Tani, like got the first question and his question was like, what are your credentials? Literally, she broke it down. Yeah. <laughs> More than you, sir, who dropped out of law no, school. literally, when she, like, I was impressed beyond impressed. Like, I mean, she just point by point. So, because she yeah. graduated with her undergrad from Harvard. Harvard. Yes. Her law degree is from Yale. She clerked for a Supreme Court justice. And then her title at Case Western is associate dean and then like 40 other like I mean, just, chair named <laughs> just, things. Just, you just couldn't even imagine. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah, just, I don't think I was there for that. Yeah, Very, it was. Um, admirable. And he was like mouth dropped, couldn't say anything. He left the room. Yeah. Good. After no, I hope you're embarrassed. Yeah, he, he was. was he embarrassed. was so he embarrassed. Was embarrassed. He like got up out of his chair and just walked that out of the like room. That was like the best moment ever. It was the I best was smackdown. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. It was very, very good. Anytime I can just like... Anytime... You would have been so happy. Oh my God, I would have. Mm-hmm. Anyone, anyone who can just like deconstruct him. Yes, by, make by him shut means. up. That was, yeah. the, that was <laughs> the definitely that time. I mean, not only just shut up, but left the room. <laughs> like, we know. didn't have to deal with this crap for the rest of the time because he was gone. Exactly. I don't know if I've ever disliked somebody that I technically haven't met. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's him. Yeah, he... I mean, just the very arrogance of him, his whole persona is just very cocky. It's too much. Yeah. So anyone, especially ladies, who want to run and date against him, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> we will help you. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, we had testimony uh, against SB 145 in the House Committee on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and testimony was awesome. Everyone kicked yeah. ass. Nobody asked questions. Yes. Uh, Maggie from Women Have Options, also Michelle's attorney from that whole ridiculous case in Columbus, yeah. really, really did an amazing job of breaking it down, not only for like Women Have Options, but as a mother herself of a daughter and it was a really, really good testimony. She was awesome. And there was I don't I don't know that woman's name who had a miscarriage. Yeah, Joanne. Yeah, yeah Joanne. She had two daughters now. Yeah, she's got two daughters. Joanne Pickerel. Um, Real sad story. Yeah, so she had fertility issues getting pregnant. Uh-huh. So she had I think she's had like five or six yeah, miscarriages, miscarriages before yeah. she had a successful pregnancy, and one of them ended in a miscarriage at home at 15 weeks, with uh-huh. in which she passed. She the still fetus had herself. To have exactly, yeah. Had to have the baby. And so, um, and how that traumatized her and her testimony was about, you know, how if you block the access to the DNA procedure mm-hmm. for women who are going through this, you're forcing a woman to go through the traumatic experience that she had. Exactly. I mean, hers was unavoidable. It happened too fast. But yeah. for women who could make a decision, you could go, you know, be able to go in and get a DNA if if this bill didn't pass and if this bill did pass, it would stop those women from being able to do that. And talked about how it not only held with her during, you know, just that period around that miscarriage, but then she also had what the medical community terms a micro preemie. She gave birth at 25 Mm -hmm. weeks, like right at the cusp of viability. And they didn't know if that baby was going to live or die either when she went Mm -hmm. into labor so early. And, um, 
she talked about how she like pulled the nurse aside as they were like wheeling her and she ended up having a C-section and the baby ended up surviving and is a healthy like three-year-old now. (laughs) But at the time they were, you know, just prepping her for a regular labor and delivery vaginal birth. And she like pulled the nurse aside and said, I can't push out another dead baby. I mean, Mm -hmm. this held, this trauma held with her this whole time through. So, you know, she gave some really great and powerful testimony on how this impacts real people out there because I think that gets lost in this so often. Yeah. As sad as these stories are, I think these are compelling testimonies that the uh, legislators need to hear. They don't understand the traumatic experiences that women go through until they hear them firsthand. And then maybe it starts to resonate with them. Like, these are true stories that people have to go through every day. So you cannot take for granted what someone else has to go through or their experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely paid attention more. I was noticing I, I agree. a couple like Dorothy Polanda and some of the other they fe- were female quiet. Republicans, at least. <laughs> there were no questions. They were quiet. Yeah, they yeah. were quiet. They kind of paid attention to the whole thing. Um, but I think the sad part, I mean, it's great that she's able to tell. I mean, that was the first time she publicly told the story oh, wow. as well. Um, she even talked as I was talking through as she was prepping for it, like prepping to write the testimony was one of the few times or maybe one of the only times her and her husband have talked about it past where they were, you know, when it was happening to them. And so, you know, as amazing it is is that she had the power and the voice to tell Mm -hmm. that story. It's so unbelievably enraging that she has to. I mean, as fabulous as it is that people share their stories, it also kind of feels like... They're opening themselves up to more trauma. They're opening themselves up to more trauma, but then, like, why are we having to beg for our basic human rights? Exactly. I mean, share the deepest, darkest secrets, the most traumatic experiences. To get people to understand this is not right. Yeah, to go up there and do that. So It's just amazing she was able to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was really amazing. Like the woman who um, testified today, Emily, with her daughter, Nora, who Mm -hmm. has Down syndrome. It's amazing she's able to do it, but it's sad she has to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, when will we stop trying to uh, politicize things that we shouldn't have our hands in in the first Mm -hmm. place, so... And that'll be something we talk about next week. Uh (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, yeah, we had opponent testimony on SB 145 on Tuesday. And then yesterday Mm -hmm. we had proponent testimony Mm -hmm. for SB 28, the fetal remains bill. Wasn't there for that. I was homesick throwing up, which is about how I would feel anyway (laughs) listening to that. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, I wish I was homesick throwing up. Mine a bit better. I don't know. Probably not, though. um, But we're not going to focus on that because it was Valentine's Day. So what we did uh, was we had a lot of our pro-choice volunteers come out and thank our pro-choice legislators. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I organized this, but I couldn't be there because I was homesick throwing up. (laughs) But I did it for her, and it was amazing. Yeah, tell us more about it. Uh, It was great. I I, um, personally went to uh, three of the offices. Offices. I we first went to Rep Ingram's office um, in Cincinnati. She does Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, we went in Cincinnati. <laughs> I think we thanked her for you know visiting with the UC students last week um, and yeah. talked about some of the things that uh, she's doing. Uh, we then met with um, Representative. Uh, who did we go to next? Ramos. Re- Ramos. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because we went back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was amazing. Uh, we got to talk about meet, his. Uh, oh, go I, ahead. I have met him before. I met him yes. at a lobby day, and I basically I was like, "Can you hire me?" Because didn't have a job then <laughs> but he's great he's a, he is great he's very like um personable yeah he is he is uh, very down to earth and like just somebody you can probably like just go out and chill with mm-hmm. <laughs> no he was hilarious my favorite story with him so a couple of years ago we have plenty of favorite stories that we can't tell on the air <laughs> yes <laughs> but now my favorite publicly available story um <laughs> but um they um they put a bill 
something under the budget the last minute about how like sex education couldn't talk about anything that could lead to sex. I can't remember what? how. <laughs> And I can't remember the word they used, but yeah. So like you couldn't even talk about like hand holding because, oh, it was gateway. (laughs) It was what was gateway sexual activity, (laughs) but hand holding and kissing. And that's one of the things are gateway, kind of like gateway drugs. It was gateway sexual activity. So it like prohibited. Gateway gateway drugs don't even. (sighs) Exactly. Gateway drugs don't exist. Gateway sexual activity doesn't exist. Gateways (laughs) to anything don't exist. Gateway to hell. But yeah, he came over and, and um, before sessions started and because everybody was just having a grand old time about this because it was so ridiculous. You just sex had to laugh. Exactly. Sex ed isn't even regulated by the state. It's regulated by the individual districts. Yeah, it? because the state yeah. refuses to get involved in it because they don't want to. Um, Which there's people doing great work in Southwest Ohio on that. Yes. That I'd love to talk about sometime. We should get them on the podcast. We should. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but... Um, so he came up and like shook my hand and we were kind of joking about it. And as he like, as we were shaking hands and holding on for the second that you do while shaking a hand, he's like, Oh, I wonder if this is gateway sexual activity. But you know, I was like, <laughs> like how, how can you think that like one person touching somebody else's hand is like something like, <sighs> I have some hugs that turn into other things, but that's, it's never sexual. <laughs> that sounds weird out of context. Very, <laughs> very weird out of context. But yeah, so no, he's awesome and amazing. He's always been a champion. He always speaks yes. out against all the bills on the floor. Even when they come up on the fly, he's got passionate, amazing yes. speeches against them. I don't know how he does that because I have need to have way more time to prepare, but he is amazing on all those fronts. Well, I don't really know. I don't know. I told him I... Maybe I, he has it in reserve. He's just maybe. waiting for it to come up. He's I like, told I know it's coming back. <laughs> yeah. I said, I read your letter that you wrote on Facebook. I thought it was amazing. He's like, yeah, it took me about a week to write it. <laughs> At least maybe, he's honest. Maybe he does take some time oh, yeah, to actually, maybe. you know, do this do this thing. But no, it was it was amazing with him. Um, and then you met and, with Fetter. Yes, exactly. Who uh, we saw on Monday. Yeah. Yes, who was there on Monday? <laughs> yes, um, and that was an amazing meeting as well. Um, very, I guess, uh, extremely. <laughs> Yes. Um, and, you know, we kind of um, all just had a powwow moment, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and then some of our other volunteers met with Leland and Sykes and Boyd and Antonio. Yes. And I that's think it. I've covered all of them. Yeah, that's it. Boggs. Boggs, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just listening off last names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so those so, were yeah, all good. We so. just went out and spread it a bunch of love. Spread it? Spread a bunch of love yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Valentine's. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. So I think that's all we have time for this week because it's because I'm trying to keep it where I'm not talking for 53 minutes. <laughs> but events coming up for the Let's Get It On section. Mm-hmm. Uh, next Tuesday, we have Stand Up for Choice here in Columbus. That'll be benefiting NARAL Pro Choice Ohio. That's at Ace of Cups. That'll be at no. 8. Calendars are... No, I'm just looking at the time because oh. oh, okay. today, today is actually the year anniversary of our first stand up for choice. Well, not like okay. theirs, but like ours. Right. We, we benefited <laughs> last February. Yes. And I made a bunch of cookies. They were very vulgar. <laughs> yes. They were. They were tasty. Vulgar though. cookies. Thank you. Yes. As long as they're good. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, stand up for choice next Tuesday. That'll be a lot of fun. But if it's NARAL Pro Choice Ohio, um, next Tuesday in Cincinnati, that is going to be the, uh, Planned Parenthood Action Forum. Um, if you have feelings about candidates and want to learn what's going on, uh, then go to that. You can find out more on Facebook. Uh, the one in Columbus is going to be the 28th of February. Cool. Next Wednesday, it's going to be the Bullathon kickoff and reproductive health happy hour here in Columbus. That'll be at 
Pens Mechanical Company on 4th Street downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's 6 to 8. It might be 5 to 7. I don't know. You can look on Facebook. Um, <laughs> next Wednesday is also going to be the Cincinnati Reproductive Health Happy Hour. That's back at Urban Artifact. And that'll be 5.30 to 7.30. And, and that benefits women helping women, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, in the Cleveland area, we've got Bagels and Brews and Bolathon. That's preterms Bolathon kickoff. That's the 24th and 25th, depending on east side, west side, because apparently that's a big divide. Um, (laughs) Cleveland people. And then (laughs) later on in February, there's going to be a heart-to-heart conversation training at preterm, and I wasn't smart enough to look up the date before I wrote that down. But it's all on our Facebook page. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So... Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll mm-hmm. see you next week. Probably Bye. without Gabe again. This all women podcast is pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Much more laughing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>